Hey, Christine, how's it going? Hey, Lauren, pretty good over here. How's it over there? It is hot. We don't have air conditioning, so. You don't at all? No, we just live at 8,000 feet, and usually that does the job. But when it's 90 degrees for two months straight, it gets hot. So, yeah, how are you? How's things in, in the big city? Things are good. This is the time of year I, like, don't really want to be in the city much. I want to, like, go to the lakes and the beach and things like that. But we bought a beach pass this year, so we go to the the gay beach. Um, (laughs) it's called jacob reese park for like the longest time there were rainbow flags and And you were you were like i found my people our people (laughs) (laughs) i love it so yeah um we bought a beach pass this year so we'll probably go this weekend yeah i have a pass for a lake just down the hill from us this year too it's insane because like we don't have very much beach waterfront here (laughs) um so you go on a saturday and it's like you can barely see the water in between the paddle boards so i'm kind of like eh oh well i'll take what i can get we just only have like so many lakes in colorado so uh hey listeners by the way this is pod of the dragon the podcast where we talk about game of thrones house of the dragon all things going on in westeros you know welcome Today is our, um, one of our episodes of the epic Game of Thrones rewatch. We are rewatching, um, season six. Yep. Second half of season six. (laughs) Second half of season six today. Um, Yeah. And you guys, this is a rewatch. So we're going to be telling you all the spoilers, including ones that happen later in the season. We might reference things, um, definitely stuff from other episodes outside of the five we're talking about today. And, um, also there's a lot of, uh, shit that goes on in this show that is not cool. Uh, so, you know, content warning, we talk about all the things that happen in Game of Thrones, which includes rape, violence, sexual violence, um, child murder, a lot of incest. If you watch Game of Thrones and are okay with that, you should be okay with this. But, uh, you know, just fair warning. So let's um, let's dig into this, because I have a lot of notes today. We are going to be talking about, like we said, the second half of season six, which includes episode six, Blood of My Blood, episode seven, The Broken Man, episode eight, No One, episode nine, Battle of the Bastards, and episode ten, The Winds of Winter. Okay, so some exciting titles right off the top there. All right, let's dig into episode six. We start out with Bran being fucking rude, honestly. Oh, yeah. Mira is, like, dragging his ass through the woods. And, like, I get it. He can't walk, you know. Nothing about that. But, like, he's warging while she's doing all this work. And I I don't know. It just, like, feels very rude. (laughs) Wait, but he's downloading all the tree stuff. I know. 
I know, but she's like having an emotional breakdown and he's just gone. I mean, that's just their relationship from here on out, too. It's like she's like still a person and he's like, I'm a tree. He's not a tree, but he's just a walking encyclopedia for now on. Yeah, they lean more into the tree in the books and they go more with the three-eyed raven in the show which i think is because they decided to make him not literally merge with a tree (laughs) but he does have lots of visions like real quick here including a little tease for r plus l equals j he sees some mad king shit there's lots of references in these episodes to the mad king and it's interesting christine because they're drawing a parallel here with another character in the series who is not daenerys it's true. There's a part he says, burn them all and we see wildfire. And at the time, we're thinking under the Sept of Baylor, which is he's seeing the future because that happens a few episodes later. Spoilers. Um, and Cersei does it. Yeah. They already had a mad queen. They didn't need to do that again later. Mm, no. I get so angry. And she continues to be the mad queen, like yes. Cersei. Yes, she she made a decision in this in this set of episodes to be that person, and she goes down that path hard. So it's just battle of the mad queens. You know, bitches be crazy. That's why women shouldn't run things, right? That's the message I'm getting here. I don't like it. You know what is also horrible about this brand scene? What? There is another fucking instance of... A Stark being randomly saved and discovered in the middle of a vast expanse of forest. Yeah, you're right. Uncle Benjamin. I was annoyed that it happened once, but here it is again. And like, fucking, that's not good writing. Like, this didn't happen in the first four seasons when Gurm was involved. Like, you can't just rely on like a random savior showing up to get you out of shit all the time i so anyway benjen shows up he's mostly dead saves bran blah 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 i hate it magic at least so maybe yeah i guess you're right he like knows about because he shows up next season too to save Jon snow randomly you're right so maybe it's because so maybe he's like supposed to do that i don't know or it's just plot armor bullshit yeah do you want to talk about sam and gilly yeah not very much um i just don't really care like i don't know Sam's family sucks, particularly his dad. His mom and his sister are fine. I don't think we even... Do we even get to them? Oh, yeah, we do. We get to them later in this episode. Yeah, we meet his family at the end of this episode or midway through this episode. Uh, His dad is as described. Yeah, he sucks. He's terrible. Oh, we got to add him to the bad dad's lineup. Oh, very bad dad. You're right. He is a bad dad. He is just like a horrible piece of shit. Like pretty racist and just very like just like bigoted ass. Yeah, just like bigoted, shitty, hyper masculine dad. Um, He doesn't like maesters. He doesn't think that's cool or impressive. He wanted Sam to become a man and kill some wildlings yeah it's very disgusting there's a part where um sam's sister says to gilly your father taught you how to fight ours would never i think our father could learn a thing or two from your father and lol lol hell no yeah um they're both both of those dads are on the bad dads chart which listeners we're going to be ranking our bad dads 
worst dads of the show when we finish our rewatch. So that's something to look forward to with us in a couple of episodes here, as well as uh, the most brutal deaths. So stay tuned for that. Do you want to talk about Tommen and Marjorie and all the King's Landing nonsense? Sure. All right. Well, the High Sparrow is still here. He still sucks. Um, What do you think about Marjorie? Because in the next episode, we kind of see her, like her little note to her grandmother. Is that in the next one, I Mm -hmm. think? Yeah. So in my notes for this episode, I wrote, is Marjorie for real or is she playing games? But then in the next episode, I said, oh, okay, I get it. But the other thing is, some of the things that she says that she is like, oh, the sparrow has led me to see this, this, and this about myself. They're like true things. Um, Like she says that she like fakes it about caring for the Porsche. Like she always wants to be seen doing that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, that's that's true. So like, I, I do wonder if it's like a gray area, which is something that I like love about this show is it's not like clear cut all the time. And of course, we can never um, find out what the ev- evolution of Marjorie would have been after this. I think that there's a little of both. Like, clearly, she still wants to get out of this situation with the High Sparrow, um, especially for her brother's sake. And she does not want this guy to be in charge forever. However, she... I think she also, like, that she has kind of gotten something out of whatever has happened to her as well. Um, I think she definitely wants, like, her brother to be okay and to get out of that situation. I don't think she, like, necessarily agrees with their treatment. But you're right. I think she is saying, like, yeah, I have kind of been a hypocrite and I haven't done great things. And, like, you know, I don't do it. Maybe I'm, like, not the greatest person and I do have places where I could improve. But, yeah, she is still just, like, manipulating Tommen in the way that she always has. And poor Tommen, he's just, like, still too young for all of this. He's, like, gotten to the point, clearly, like, where he knows people are lying and scheming and all this stuff. But he usually still he usually still takes people's statements to him at face value initially, unless he, like, later hears it contradicted or something. He usually is, like, willing to believe what people tell him. All right, we've got Arya across the narrow sea. Um, we've still got some more of this, like, play that she's been attending. And again, we talked about this on the last episode, how, like, her watching this play is actually, like, catching her up on some of the things that have happened to her family, especially to Sansa, since she left and, like, reminding her of who she was. And, of course, these are, like, the series of episodes where she does decide, like... I'm not no one. I am Arya Stark. We're going to get to that soon. I think I noted that a lot more rewatching these in like a close succession like this because I usually did like a rewatch before most seasons of Game of Thrones, but it just stood out to me a lot more that like the contrast between like her at the beginning of the show and then like all of this shit that's happened to her and like um and now she's like become somebody completely different. And she suddenly is getting this, like, call to remember, like, hey, don't forget about your family. Mm-hmm. And I think remembering her list, too, because she got to see Joffrey's death and she kept always said to the Hound that, like, she wishes she got to see Joffrey's death or she wishes that she's the one that killed him. Yeah. Um, so I think it was kind of cool that she got to watch this, like, play version and see how, how they interpreted how it all went down. 
Um, and I think that reminds her too of who she was because of how much she hated Joffrey, not just because he was the king and he was a bad king and like, but you know, she had this whole history with him and he killed her father. Yeah. When Arya talks to Lady Crane is after this. Yeah. So she actually does go to poison her rum and then she kind of catches her. And I feel like Lady Crane sees right through her. Like she doesn't think. She doesn't know she's trying to kill her, but she knows she's up to something. Because she's like, you've been to every show. Like, are you sneaking off? Are you trying to run away with the, you know, the players? Like, I don't know. I feel like she mostly, like, sees herself in Arya probably too much. Because, like, a lot of what she sees isn't what's happening. <laughs> that's true. It's also, like, the part that Arya's playing, too. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know that she sees right through her. But she definitely, like notes her more so than Arya or probably originally anticipated. And she says something about like, do you enjoy pretending to be other people? Yeah, and Arya doesn't answer that. And of course that's all she's been doing for the last Oh yeah. All these seasons. <laughs> um I'm gonna, stupid Nilla Wafer watching. That's my new that's my new nickname I'm introducing. <laughs> Wait, what? I called the waif Nilla Wafer. Oh, she does look like a Nilla Wafer. So she's watching this whole interaction. And then she gets permission to harvest Arya's face slash kill her. Arya goes back and gets her sword. Needle has returned. Woo! And Arya, it seems like she knows at that point that they're coming to kill her. Yeah, I mean, she puts the sword where she plans to kill the waif later. So she knows that, like, you, you don't just become a faceless man and then quit. <laughs> like, that's not how that works. Uh, we got Mace and Jamie trying to, yeah, trying to shut down the Faith Militant and the Sparrows. Um, but surprise, Tommen is on their side now because no one fucking thought to consult the king about this is our plan. So, like, maybe that would have been a good idea. <laughs> maybe. I know. Doesn't make any sense. It, it's one thing to not, like include the child king who's like i don't know he's kind of he's a young adult let's say i i can understand them maybe not including him in all the small council meetings but like come on at least give him a fucking summary or something like you can't just we're gonna go yeah we're gonna go save your wife with an army you down or no (laughs) yeah they're completely running the kingdom without him which isn't what tommen wants like certainly like Robert Baratheon at the beginning of the show, like, yeah, he, like, didn't fucking want to be involved. Tommen is like, I'm a king, I have responsibility. Like, he's trying to be helpful and, like, do what he needs to do as a king, but then they're also just like, you're a kid, we don't respect you. And, like, maybe this would have been a good idea to include him here. (laughs) Yeah, because then they kind of get blindsided when he comes out, and they say there'll be no walk of atonement today. Um, You know what I did notice the first time was the faces on the crowd and the audience and they say there'll be no walk of atonement everybody gets really pissed and walks away yeah no they all want to see it they're all just like oh i want to see some ass and then they're just like never mind um <laughs> uh, but then but then whoever's left in the crowd starts cheering when they say the crown and the faith which i'm just like guys neither of these things care about you crown and the faith don't give a shit about the commoners so why are all the commoners cheering I don't know. Like, why are all of the people in King's Landing suddenly so into the faith militant? Like, 
they made Cersei walk through the streets naked, and that's all that's like from a commoner's perspective. Like, what else? Maybe they just see it as like how like they're poor and you know like flea bottom bullshit. Not that it's relatable, but like she, it's like Marie Antoinette, like let the meat cake bullshit. Whereas like Cersei in the the monarchy and like Robert Baratheon's reign, like they don't give a shit about these people. Um, yeah. So like maybe there is just like a disdain for like the king and the you know the queen and all that shit among the common people that they're just like yeah fuck you you stupid like bitch and slut and like like maybe it felt good to be able to like see her degraded and shout at her that way because they don't like her which isn't the point of the religion but that's what they've experienced from it so i don't know it's weird yeah like the religion isn't like there's an air of it and there's an air of it when marjorie is talking too about like you know renouncing being high and mighty and your fine things and materialism but that's like kind of not like, it's what they say there, but that's kind of, like, not what the faith militant are doing. Like, they're more about, like, punishment for, like, honestly, like, sex crimes seem to be what they yeah, care about. Yeah, that's the main problem that they have, sex crimes. They're fine with, like, murder and... Not a big deal. You know, extravagance and materialism, but God forbid. Like, they say they're against that, but that's not really... They're not punishing anyone for that. But they're also, like, the people who are part of it have definitely given those things up. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tommen says, we will restore the seven kingdoms to glory. And I wrote, ugh, is that their version of, like, make America great again? Because that's all I could think of is, like, we will restore the seven kingdoms to glory. I'm like, fuck off. Uh, The Riverlands plot also sucks. Honestly, I don't like it because there's no Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. Lady Stoneheart in the books is, like, Catelyn Stark zombie version. Um, It's great. Don't know why they didn't put that in here. They have other zombies, so it's not like it wasn't against a zombie. It was a decision against zombie or anything. I don't know why. I think let's just quick skip to the end of this episode before we go into episode seven, because this is where Danny has all the Dothraki. She's been like traveling with them for a little while. She already did like the I'm on fire. Now you're my people thing. But here's another like amazing Danny moment because she's like, hold please. I'm going to go walk off into the hills. And then she comes back on Drogon and it's beautiful and amazing. Come here, boy. (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry. Can you do that whistle for me again? No, I can't do it. <laughs> you do it. The dog, the like calling a dog. That one? Yeah. Is that what you tried to yeah. do? You just said. Rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> that one. <laughs> um, This is really good audio content for everyone listening. Now we're getting good content. Okay. So moving into. Well, okay. No, before we move into. So yeah, she gets Drogon, gives this amazing speech. She's like. No, normally calls choose three blood riders and she's like i am no call you are my pokemon i choose you all she's very extra she wants them all to be blood riders which seems nice but then if we think about what that means it's just like if i go down you all fucking go down yeah <laughs> that is what she's telling them that's actually like not a great message after all but yeah, don't you're right. eat it up because that's what I they're mean, about. That's the thing though. Like she definitely is talking to this specific group of people in this instance. Like she definitely pleads pleads to like 
the things that she knows that they're into, she's like, we're gonna, like, she talks to them about, like, conquering, and she talks to them about, like, being the greatest version of their tribe that they've ever been, and, like, this is all stuff that we know that the um, Dothraki are already really into, so she's definitely, like, appealing to the crowd that she has. And I think, like, we see her do that all the time with different groups of people. She's very good at it, so... She's a stallion that would mount the world to them. Like, she united all the different Kalasars into one, and they're, you know, conquering parts of the world that they've never dreamed of before. Like, they thought it was her son, but it's her. So I feel like the Dothraki religion's similar to, like, the, like, Viking thing. I'm very into Thor right now. Like, the idea of, like, having, like, this, like, glorious death in battle and, like, going to Valhalla. I feel like the the Dothraki religion is very similar to that of like, you know, if they die for their call, then they'll get to ride with the great stallion. And that's like a noble and honorable death. So like she's doing them all that honor. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's true of like a lot of religions that are based in like these hyper violent cultures. Um, so I think it's pretty realistic. Should we talk about episode seven, The Broken Man? Let's do it. I'm in the minority. I don't really care about this hound episode. You don't? People love it. Fucking love the hound. People love it. I do care about the hound more this this rewatch than ever before, though. Yeah, so he's still alive. Uh, Surprise. Um, Okay, so they have a little scene before the title sequence with, like, hi, the hound is still alive, which I always just think it's interesting when they change the format up to do something like that, because that's not typical for them to have like a cold open on this show Mm -hmm. but they do for the hound it's a very different kind of episode anyway because most of it focuses on this little community that you've never seen before and that you'll never see again like there's other characters in this episode but like the main focus is this the hound's kind of new found home i think it's in the next episode where he catches up with the brotherhood without banners um and he says, like, that those guys killed his friend. And they were like, you don't, you have friends? And he was like, well, not anymore. <laughs> but I, like, like that about this because he's obviously, like, being his normal houndy asshole self. But he, like, he calls this guy his friend later. And you're like, it's kind of the similar relationship to where we, what we've seen with a lot of other characters that he has. And it's like, yeah, he's never going to be, like, you know, super affectionate or anything. But that doesn't mean he doesn't care about people. Yeah. And this this little community looks so great. Like, it also kind of seems like a cult a little bit. But it's like, I feel like this is a good distinction between what we were talking about with the last I episode. I think I called these guys uh, born-again agnostics. Born-again agnostics. I love it. That's very much what they are. <laughs> but I feel like it's the difference between, like, what we were talking about for the last episode. Like, w- who are, like, truly holy versus what the sparrows are trying to do like these people seem more godly i mean whatever the seven religion is but you know what i mean like they just seem more godly like they're working together they're building something together they're praying together like it's just you know they've built this little community they're anti-violent um versus like what the sparrows are doing which is like very extremist very violent it's all based in punishment it's not really based in like bringing anything good into the world it's just like punishing people that they deem sinners i also came up with a new 
nickname for the High Sparrow. This one isn't as good as my usual nicknames because it works better in text because I just called him the Spare-Oh because he's like spare parts. Oh, nice. Anyway, <laughs> so he, this, I don't even want to talk about this scene, but I just feel like I need to address it because it's so problematic. This is where he says to Marjorie, Congress does not require desire on a woman's part. Fuck off. That's called rape. I go, meanwhile, Sparrow's saying time to fuck your husband. Duty. Gods have, you need you to have sex and make babies, whether you like it or not. No, no, no. Uh, My note after this was, this is all one word in all caps. You fuck off. You rapist. Fuck you. You fucking rapist. You fuck off. And now he's out here threatening your family in the next breath. So just in case you thought he was like trying to be helpful or sweet in any way. No, not that anything he said was helpful or sweet, but like he knows it's not too. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't think he's giving her good advice. He knows he's being problematic. And then he immediately threatens her grandmother. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this is part of why I think this plot is so boring to me is because like what we love about this show is like everyone's very nuanced. There's so much gray area. Like in one season, you think somebody's the best person in the next season. You hate them. The Sparrow just sucks and he's the same. And there's no like, oh, but maybe he's good. Like, no, he just sucks the whole time. Like, and I think maybe they tried to make us think he was good in, like, the first episode we saw him, but it lasted for, like, ten seconds. That's what I'm saying. The conversation he has with Olena Tyrell shows a little humanity in him, but then you never see it again. Yeah, I just don't think they did a good job with this character. Let's talk about the free folk. The free folk. What about the free folk? Well, they decide that they gotta stand up for themselves so that they can stay free, which means helping get Winterfell back. Couple things here. I have thought about this in some previous episodes, but I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. I don't love how they portrayed the giants. It's like a very traditional way, I think, to portray the giants. But like the stupid low voice that sounds super fake and they can only say like one word at a time. I don't know. It's just like it's very like overplayed. Well, yeah. And they also make it sound in the books like some people have giant's blood and they seem like closer to human people like, just large. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, they seem more like animal in this, and I don't like that choice, but... Yeah, I agree with that. I don't like that either. It's very, like, it's more like... They seem like a troll. Like a troll, yeah. That's what it made me think of, too. Back to uh, King's Landing. This is when Elena has decided to leave because Marjorie told her to. And so she has one last exchange with Cersei and, of course, gets a couple of great Queen of Thorns digs in, like, talking about Cersei's stupidity. And then my favorite is, of course, where she just goes, I wonder if you're the worst person I've ever met. It's hard to remember when you're this old, but you must be the worst one. I love her. Oh, someday I want to say that to someone. Oh, God, can you imagine? I haven't decided who it is yet, but we'll see. (laughs) Oh, so good. And of course, um, she's leaving, and then Jamie is leaving as well to River Run because Tommen kicked him out. It takes like one episode for him to get to River Run. Didn't it take like an entire season before? This season's when the the timelines get all 
freaky because I wrote later on too when um Varys is leaving Marine. I was like, time for Varys to be a mermaid. Because remember those memes where like in one episode he ends up in Tor. Yeah, suddenly in this season people can travel really fast where it took multiple seasons before for people to travel the exact same routes. Like what? And then it what? becomes like extreme next season. Yeah. That one Speaking episode. of um <laughs> speaking of memes, just gonna just call everyone's attention real quick to, I, I think during this season where when we had a lot of Gendry memes because he's still in his boat somewhere because <laughs> we just don't see him. No Gendry. He's just still rowing in his boat, doing his best. Now, I think I've talked about this before. So we're at River on the Fraser there. The phrase look like they came out of the dark ages while everyone else in this show is in the Renaissance. Like, no, and we've talked about this? that too because they're like, they're a noble house. Like, they're a lesser noble house, but like a noble house nonetheless. Like, why are they dressed? They seem like they're a thousand years behind everyone else. Yes. And like, there's like the houses look like, like old and dingy. Like the castles. Yeah. And I mean, I think some of it's like a design or like a editing. Yeah. But it's like, it's a, it's a choice on the part of the directors and art directors to make them like, to show that they're a lesser of the noble house, to show that they don't have the same respect as the other noble houses. But it's like, they just look, like I said, from like, they're from a thousand years beforehand or like from a completely different era. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it is weird. We meet. One of my favorite, everybody's favorite characters in this episode. Lady Mormont. Lady Mormont. Um, yeah, she, we don't meet her in this. She was in last season. She wrote a letter. I think this is the first time we see her, right? She wrote the letter, like. Was that all? I could have sworn there was like a tiny little scene of her. Yes, because there's a scene. Oh no, is it just the letter to Ramsey? Is that what you're saying? It's the letter. Okay, to Ramsey. maybe that's it. Oh no, it was a letter to um, Stannis. Okay, I think Ramsey at one point called on her too to like join his cause, and she was like, "Fuck you." But anyway, uh, they definitely expanded her part in this show because she just like did so well, like with the audience. Um, we all love her. She's adorable, like, and she's so ferocious. Just, like, how could you not love this character? She's, I don't know how old she is, like, 10, and she's, like, large and in charge, more so than most of the men in this show, and she, like, it, it's it's fun, too, because, like, you see that she has this amazing confidence, which, like, is rare in a kid, and you can't expect it from most kids. Like, clearly, Tommen isn't in the same kind of place of leadership as her, and it's not that, like, you know, anyone did anything wrong or right with those two kids. She just happens to be, like, you know, her disposition is that she was able to, like, step up and take that role. And and you got to love her for it. You know how she ended up in that role? Because Jorah was not worthy and got exiled for loving slaves. Yeah. Like, that's why she's leading Bear Island, because Jorah sucks. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> She's doing, like, a way better job than he ever Thank could. Thank God. Can you imagine how shitty Bear Island would be? Now, yes, Lady Mormont gives this amazing speech. Um, she's the one who, like, rallies the rest of the North to join the cause, um, to stand up for the Starks. 
And I don't think this is the King of the North scene yet, but she will eventually lead the charge on that as well. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Iron Islanders. Oh, yeah. Ugh. This scene makes me very uncomfortable. Good things and bad things in this scene. Good things. Gay. Yara finally comes out to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny, though, because, like, yeah, it's it's it seems... So I think, like, we'd been kind of speculating before, like, oh, Yara could be gay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, in this season, suddenly they lean into it very hard, which, like, I'm here for it. But it just seemed kind of funny that, like, like the way she acts in this season makes it seem like she's been out to everyone around her for a long time. But then it's, like, very sudden. I don't know. It's kind of, like, it feels like the writers just added it in because everyone was speculating about it, is what I'm trying to say. I think she's just, like, a man, and not in, like, a trans way. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, she has just, like, joined in with the men, like, her whole life. And I think, yeah, not even that she's masculine, just, like, that she has kind of taken this role that was traditionally for men in the Iron Islands and then probably went to a lot of brothels with them. So it probably is... Not that that's what made her gay, obviously, but, like, since she is gay, it probably was, like, way more comfortable for her to express that because she was among all these men who kind of saw her as an equal. So to, like, go to brothels and, like, pick up women and, you know. Yeah. Why are all the brothels orgies? That's true. It seems like it seems like they have, like, a common room in all of these, and then, like, usually people go off and fuck somewhere. But everyone's basically just fucking in the common area, too. And it seems not necessarily consensual that they do that there. I don't know. It seems at first almost like a strip club where, like, the sex workers come over and they're just like, do you want to come back into the private room with me? And are, like, flirting a little and a little touchy, but, like, you know, more teasing. And then they go back. But there definitely were people just, like, fucking in the background. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, I think it's also the combination of how frequently in this show they talk about women as property. Yeah, and that's almost why I don't like Yara and, like, why is she... I mean, there's other reasons I don't like Yara in this scene, this scene in particular, but, like, the way that she is acting towards these sex workers is, like, they're not people, like, very yes. similarly to, like, the way that... And that's why you said, like, she acts like the men do. Yeah, them. and the men of the Iron Islands are necessarily problematic yeah and i'm saying like that's why she's like so comfortable with her queerness because she's just acting like emulating what she's always seen like the men do around her which aren't great now do you want to talk about what she says here oh my god i hate hate it but we gotta address it the worst thing you could possibly say to anyone but especially a depressed person so she tells theon that if he's, like, too broken, he should just go kill himself. If anyone here is struggling with depression, we do not encourage that. We very much would like you to seek help. I really like using the Psychology Today website to go find therapists. That's a good resource. There's lots of cool apps where you can look for help now, um, especially since the pandemic. We do not agree with Yara here. But yeah, she does say this. And it makes me hate her character. Me too. Like, she had so much going for her, and then she says this to Theon, and it's just, like, it's gone for me. It's just just some of the same kind of shit that, like, Sam's dad would be expected to say, and, like, all the bad dads on this show, and then she says it too. I don't know. It's... And I don't like it's almost framed as, like, a pep talk. 
where she's just like, if you're going to continue to be broken, just kill yourself now. But if not, get your shit together and be a man. And he's just like, okay. And then after that, he kind of does, but doesn't like he, he's playing, he's masking his pain for her because she's told him that it's not okay for him to be where he's at right now. And that's really fucked up. She's also forcing him to drink beer in the scene. Um, I have a lot of issue with that as well. Theon's not necessarily, like, a sober person. I think, like, even after post-reek, we, like, see him drink on occasions, but, like, he certainly doesn't partake the way he did previously. And I think sobriety is a very personal choice and not even, like, full sobriety. Like, the level of how much alcohol that you are willing to consume is completely up to you and nobody else should be able to tell you that you have to drink, um, especially to like to be accepted as a member of this clan or whatever you want to call them, like not fucking okay. Um, I feel like I could talk about this a lot more, but it's bringing down my energy here. So uh, we hate Yara now. Let's move on. Yara's canceled. Should we go to Arya? Okay, Arya. So when she gets stabbed by the wave, the first time I really thought she was going to die. Me too. Like until the next week, I was like, Arya's dead. Holy shit. Yes. Well, and this was, listeners, This if you didn't like watch Game of Thrones when it was um, on live, um, this is kind of like we had departed from the books. Like anything was game. We know that Game of Thrones likes to kill off main characters. Like, that's definitely not off the table. And so, like, she looks like she's fucking dead. And, like, I just did not think she was going to make it. And, like, they had also just done, at the beginning of this, the thing with the Hound coming back from, like, being not showing him die on screen. And I was like, they wouldn't do that again. And it's not the exact same scenario, but I was like, no, like... I think they're just fucking with us. Like, they're showing us, like, the same kind of scenario, but they're actually going to have her die this time. Like, I thought she was going to die. Like, I just... She got stabbed multiple times in the gut. Episode 8. Yeah, we open with Lady Crane sewing her back up, talking about how she used to abuse her ex. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, I got... And that's why she knows how to heal people. I'm a surgeon now. Because then she'd feel bad about it later. She's like, oh, yes, I am an abusive person and also a surgeon because of that. Okay. Cool. But she also fucked up the actress who wanted her dead. So she's just a typical character on this show. She's pretty brutal. Because, yeah, we mostly see her doing things we we like and she's being nice generally. Um, But then some of the shit that she talks about, it's like, What? So we used to get in fights. I'd put holes in him. Then I'd feel bad later. I'd sew him back up. It's like, okay. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, that actress isn't going to get work after what I did to her face. Okay. Okay. I just want to see the alternate universe where Arya just runs away with the circus. I'd watch that show. Um, especially where she's still an assassin on the side. Yes. Oh, great spinoff. And then we get back up to River Run. Well, first I want to talk about Clegane here for a sec. Just because he does a little axe murdering and tells somebody that he's shit at dying. But the way that he murders this guy is axe into the crotch, like right through the dick and balls into the gut. I feel like that needs to go on our brutal deaths tracker. That's a very brutal death. Good eye. So yeah, I think that one was like worth a being added to the brutal death tracker again listeners we are going to rank all of the most brutal deaths at the end of this rewatch so 
Now, who are you talking about? Who's next? Oh, when they got to River End. I just wrote, we, we don't have good old-fashioned sieges anymore. Nothing like a good siege. <laughs> I don't know. This whole, like you said in the previous, this whole thing is fairly boring. So siege, sieges are boring. But the part that I do care about is Jamie and Brienne. Yes. Um, I love Bronn in this because him and Potter standing outside the tent. He goes, are they in there? You think they're fucking? And he goes, you wouldn't fuck her? I would. Yeah, he definitely would. (laughs) And she'd fuck him. Uh, And I was like, yeah, we were all thinking it. And then Bron just says it, which is very on brand for Bron. Um, We did uh, pass by something here that we need to come back to real quick. The we got a pretty important uh, scene here which is beginning of Mad Queen scene. That's true. Where they come to get Cersei and the mountain is there and she's like, no take. You can deal with my mountain. And um, she says, hm, I choose violence. I, do, I She literally woke up and chose violence. Yes. And the other reason that we have to talk about this scene is because, again, right in the same episode, another unnamed character should probably be added to the Brutal Deaths tracker. Because we've seen the mountain do brain go pop before, but now he just rips a head off from the jaw, like detaches from spine. What would you call that? Like manual decapitation? Yeah, let's go for it. I like that. Uh, Okay, we have another fucking scene of somebody trying to fuck with people's personal sobriety choices here, which is Tyrion... Trying to get everybody to play drinking games. Yeah, and he's, like, tried this a few times. And so, okay, I have mixed feelings about this one, too, because Grey Worm, obviously we know he went through, like, some extreme conditioning as an Unsullied. And so in this, Tyrion's like, brings up the point of, like, the only reason that you don't drink is, like, because your masters said you weren't allowed to. And, and like, because that's what... Grey Worm basically says, because he's like, why don't you drink? He's like, oh, I'm unsullied. We don't. And he's like, well, that's just what your masters told you. You're not a slave anymore. So in this one, I think there's a little more gray area. He's kind of just like telling them like, hey, this is a choice you have now. I still don't love it because it's because he's not really saying if you want. He's like, you got to do it with me. So there's a little bit of both. Um, I don't hate it as much as the one with with Theon because Theon in that other scene looked like very he reminded me of Reek. Like when someone's telling him he has to do something like that was much more horrible than this. Um, But it's still it's still not something you should like really coerce people about. Yeah. This just seems more like Tyrion's trying to bond with them and get them out of their shell. And the only way he really knows how is like alcohol, drinking games. Uh, And then Slaver's Bay try to be slaving again. Yeah, they come attack just like like your freaking compromise didn't work. This is always how it is. You cannot compromise with tyrants. They're going to come back for the whole tyrantness. And they did. Yeah, and then Daenerys shows up and she's basically like, hello, what the fuck did you do to my city, you assholes? Mom's home and she's pissed. Quick, everybody clean up! <laughs> That's like what that scene is. Totally. And Tyrion's like, well, it's not, it's not as bad as it looks. And she's like, what are you talking about? This is terrible. And then we end this episode with awesome Arya scene. Wait, wait, wait. Before the Arya scene, there's one more little baby scene that I want to talk about. I kind of already okay. mentioned the scene where the Hound catches up with the Brotherhood, and we see, like, Thoros and all of them again. This 
is Thoros the same actor in this season or is it yeah. a different? Okay. He just, he seems very different in the way he plays it because he, he constantly has a duck face on and his man bun and he's, he's very much talking with his lips like all the way as far out as they can possibly be. Um, I don't, I don't know why he just seems like a huge hipster in this scene. It's very like out of place for some reason. And I feel like he wasn't like that before. He just got into a really obscure band that you probably haven't heard of. So Yes, totally. That's why he's acting that way. The Brotherhood Without. Like you said, Arya. Murder Waif, like Daredevil in the dark. Yeah, so like the Waif taught her how to do this and now she's going to use that against her. It's great. Um she basically so she goes back to where she had stashed needle. This is a scene that I don't know. I don't know what to think about something. So, like, we we said, like, it seemed like she was dead from, like, her stabby stab wounds. The waif also knows how to kill people. She's an assassin. So, like, she, in theory, like, stabbed her good. But I could also see where Arya is, like, kind of putting on a show that she's more injured than she was to just to get to this point. And I've never really, like, known for sure what it is. Um, but obviously she kills the waif in the dark. And then she goes back to the house of black and white and he just kind of like, like tries to save face and he's like, oh, a girl is finally no one. And she's like, I- I'm Arya Stark and I'm going home. Fuck off. Yeah, because like, he's like, oh, you you killed my person. I guess you can be in our club. Don't kill me. <laughs> and he she's makes like, it seem like no. that was like, like that was the that test was a test. All along, yeah. and you passed. And she's like, "No, it was fuck you guys." Yeah, totally. But another good like end of episode for sure. They have a lot of like whatever else you say about these final seasons. They have a lot of like good goosebumpy like end of episode one liners. Um, I love those. It's something that like they do really well on this show. And we get a ton of them in the next episode too, which is my favorite Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, because we get, like I said, we get the Battle of Marine, and then we get the Battle of Bastards. Like, one-two punch. Danny is in Marine. She starts us off, which I didn't remember, like I said. Like, I for- this episode started, and I was like, I forgot there was anything else in this episode. I kind of remembered it all being one episode, too, but then I was like, wait, no, it's it, that's why it's so good, is we get two badass Yes, battles. because, like, we talked about that with the Battle of the Blackwater, um, how it's, like, a standalone scene, basically. Like, it's its own battle movie, basically. And I think this is much better. Like, it ties into the whole format of the show a lot better. I agree. There's a lot of, like, juxtapositioning that's really great. Uh, I just like it a lot more. The marine battle is so good. It's just very, like, satisfying to watch as a viewer. Yes, it's very, I am a conqueror, fuck everyone else. No one can fucking cross me. Assholes really think they can beat dragons somehow. Like, they're aware of the dragons, and they're still just, like, surrender. And then it's just funny because they, like, have all this hubris, and they're, like, explaining the conditions of her surrender, and, like, you'll walk like the beggar queen you are and the dragons will be slaughtered and like all of this and then the minute drogon shows up they're like <gasps> like i'm like you knew there were fucking dragons and you attacked this city anyway like what are you doing you thought you could beat dragons with ships with wooden ships to be fair drogon is probably at least five times bigger than the last time they saw him like he's fucking massive yeah 
they didn't know whether or not he was even going to show yeah, up. Yeah, no one's seen any of them in a while So in the area. So, yeah. And he's like, hello, I am Drogon. And then the other dragons are like, hello, we are all the dragons. And then suddenly the Dothraki are like, hello, we are all the Dothraki. And then Danny's like, Dracarys. Drogon looks so happy when the two dragons burst out of the wall and join him. They like zoom in on Drogon's face and they made the CGI dragon kind of like excited to see his brothers. Like, hey guys, you want to come burn some ships with me? What do you think about the dragon fire? What do you mean? Like, the- um, I feel like it's like a blowtorch like they can just breathe out for like 45 minutes and just like one stream of fire i don't know there's something about it that seems like i mean obviously it's dragon fire like so it's not real but like something about it feels a little too unrealistic to me like they would need to breathe in at some point yeah or maybe it's like they're vomiting (laughs) projectile but nobody vomits for that long either it's just like very long (laughs) i don't know have you ever had food poisoning (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like activate flamethrower, don't turn it off. Okay. Dracarys. That's true. That is a good point, I guess. But they're dragons. But I was like, maybe don't burn the ships. Doesn't she need those to get to Westeros? <laughs> and I love seeing Dario I love seeing Dario fight Dothraki style. It like fits for him so well. Yeah, it's it that's cool because like it's very much um it's almost like this little reflection of Danny and like, cause she's always like, what can I like take and learn from this culture and like appreciate about it? And like, she knows how to speak to different cultures and like meet them where they're at. And I think you kind of like see Dario doing a little bit of that too. It's, I, I like it. It's cool. Um, and then after I thought about the ships is when Tyrion comes on and he goes, thank you for the armada. Our queen does love ships. Good line. <laughs> Except she just burned them all. So, okay. Great line and they say that one of them needs to die for their crimes and they get to pick and they're all like oh don't pick him he's lowborn he's not one of us like as if gray worm the former slave is going to give a shit about that so then he kills both the the highborn assholes then we go to the north up to the north they throw a shaggy dog head at john and sansa now sansa uh, i don't know i like she apologizes to John later for like not telling her all the th- or not telling him all the things that she was planning, but she also like has some really good points of like I fucking know this dude, like you need to like he's not just a random dude that kind of sucks. Like I know him, you guys don't. Like talk to me. I'm fucking here, like include me in the conversation. And she does like say she's like Rickon is dead. We're not getting him back. And she's like you know, obviously, like, that's a hard thing to say about your brother. And I know that Sansa doesn't take that lightly to say that. Um, and, of course, John's like, we got to try. And she's like, he wants you to try. That's I understand that. But, like, that's the, yeah, it's not going to work. He will die. And so, like, clearly Sansa, like, knows pretty much what's going to happen. Like, she basically calls the entire thing of, like, this is how he's going to trick you. And, like, we don't have enough men. And, like, you know. Yep. All of it. And they just, like, don't want to listen to her. So that's cool. And it, like, comes up a few different times, I think. But, yeah, they basically just kind of... And I don't know. There's, like, a weird... John is not a Stark, and he's, like, definitely... There's some scenes where it definitely seems like he is trying to, like, defer to Sansa in terms of, like, she's the Lady of Winterfell and I'm just a bastard. Um, So there's a little back and forth on that, but he is not 
listening to what she has to say at all um and that's yeah he's definitely like knows like that they're a team and is you know kind of paying her the respect that he thinks she deserves but also like i don't think like he said he says i've dealt with worse than ramsey i've fought worse than ramsey and i mean the white walkers obviously like i don't know if he realizes how bad ramsey is right and sansa does and like that's the part where like they're not seeing eye to eye right yep Melisandre has some great advice. She says, don't lose. Then let's cut back across the narrow sea. We're back to Danny. She's looking fucking hot in this navy blue cowl. Oh, I love that outfit. Over the shoulder. Love it. Um, and you know who else thinks she's hot? Yara Greyjoy. Who we don't like anymore, but I do like her in this scene. Because I love this subtle flirting that's happening. <laughs> that's great. However, Danny's like, no more reaving, no more raping pillaging etc blah 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 and yara just goes but that's our way of life and she like does agree to like she says no more like okay sure but it's like it still is another one of those things where she's like but i i don't want i want to do that i like doing those things but i like raping what yeah like what go hang out with jorah and his you can have your raping he can have his slaves you guys can go fuck off but yeah i like when she says that um that Euron's offer comes with a, a proposal of marriage and then Daenerys and goes cock. and yours and his big <laughs> and Daenerys is like yours doesn't come with an offer of marriage and she goes she goes I never demand but I'm up for anything really yeah that is a good line <laughs> it's a great and that's line. what I'm talking uh, about where I feel like the writers were just like oh we could make her gay like like let's just because yeah. she wasn't that flirty and like she just wasn't like this in previous seasons and i feel like they just added this on to her character and now she's like a lesbian fuck boy now she's like freaking shane from the l word all of a sudden (laughs) yeah it i I just like i don't know it just seems like another one of those things that the writers like were like oh we could do this we didn't think about it before but let's just change it no one will notice yeah so she tells them she's just trying to get everybody all danny's trying to do is to get everybody to stop doing slaves and rape and now she's the mad queen i guess let's go to the battle of the bastards uh here's my first uh few notes battle of the bastards oh no oh god flayed people oh no rick on zigzag in all caps Multiple sad faces. (laughs) And then, oh no, Narg. I wrote zigzag too. I mean, that was like all everyone wrote. That was the meme. Yes. I said, remember all the zigzag jokes about Rickon? (laughs) Yes, so many. So, yeah, Rickon um, is freed. He has to run across to to Jon Snow's Nargy Narg. And of course, uh, Ramsey is trying to shoot him and then eventually does, which of course is exactly what Sansa said. Gets Narg out in the open, and Ramsay comes to murder him, of course, unsuccessful. Well, Ramsay doesn't himself, because he's not the type to go into a battle. No, and that's very noticeable, that, like, Jon Snow is right, you know, in the vanguard fighting, and Ramsay's just watching, because... Yeah. Now, obviously, the cinematography of this battle scene is noteworthy. It's um, incredible. It's fucking amazing. Uh, I think, like, there's a lot of, like, these lower camera angles that, like, kind of put you in the thick of, like, people running around you and 
Um, it's just like the noise of it, and especially toward the end when John is like getting his face like stuck in the snow in this in the mud, and he's like being smothered by dead bodies, dead bodies, and then um, they actually like make the sound of the episode go quieter as that is going on and you feel like you're fucking suffocating with him it's mm-hmm. it's really well done and then it kind of zooms out so you can see him and like just like the vast landscape of it and it looks very similar to the scene where um daenerys was being carried by all the people in young kai that were saying misa 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 like if you put the two pictures next to each other but that one was very bright colored and this one's very dark so it's i don't know like they just feel like parallels yeah totally to me in a lot of ways which like Um, there were obviously a lot of parallels this entire time between john and danny and we're like kind of made to see them following these completely different um trajectories that are gonna somehow end up in the same place which sort of happens but mostly doesn't but for like no reason (laughs) anyway but then the battle time battle tide turns in this like very tolkien way gandalf shows up on the third day exactly (laughs) that's that's what my note said (laughs) (laughs) but really uh peter file shows up because the veil have joined the fray yeah he sucks we wish it was gandalf um and ramsey retreats like a little bitch Yep, of course. Nar goes running after him. Ramsey's like, let's get ready for a siege. And then the giant is like, no, you're, this is now. With this giant, I wrote reverse Hodor because it kind of is. He's breaking down the door and like sacrificing himself in the process. And he's taking kind of like death by a thousand cuts in the process. But he's the last giant. Yeah, like it's, they like make it, they talk about like, there's very few of them left when, like, we first get to meet the free folk. And then when he dies, I think Tormund says, like, that was, he was the last of his kind. And it's, it's so, like, heavy. Yeah. I guess that's more, it's less of, like, a brutal death, but more of just, like, a sad. Yes. Like, and, and it's just, like, the loneliness of him being the last one and then, like, having to go out for, like, this cause that he, like, kind of doesn't give a shit about, but, like, it's the only way he can sort of work to maintain his freedom for his people, which don't exist anymore because it's just him. It's really shitty. It's terrible. It is shitty. He kind of had nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. But can we put the doges eating Ramsay on the brutal deaths? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so they catch Ramsay, they put up blah, blah, blah. Before we talk about it, though, because there's one thing, tiny little detail that happens here. It also happened at River Run. Who the fuck has all these spare banners to unfurl? Because, like, when they take over a castle from someone else, they, like, destroy and burn the old banners of the previous lord, whatever. It's not like they just put them in a closet for later. And that, like, the minute they take over a castle, they're like, let's put up all our banners. Like, where did you, where? Does, like, is that, like, a job? Someone in the army is just, like, carrying, yeah, the bannermen. I <laughs> guess. Maybe they're literally, like, car- no, that's not what that means. I don't maybe know. maybe someone is carrying the banners. But it's not just, like, a flag. Like, they have these huge banners on the castle walls. That It's like, who? where did you get these? Like That's a good point. That's really funny. But it felt so good to see that Stark banner go back up. Bye-bye, Boltons. There's no Boltons left, either. So they fuck are you guys fucking your- gone. Now, let's talk about the dogs. The dogs have not been fed in seven days. Poor boys. Yes. Um, 
Now, Ramsey has been feeding these dogs people meet all along, so they are, of course, down with that sort of thing, which uh, most domesticated dogs are not generally, just, like, out looking for humans to chomp on. Um, I, again, like, I do take, like, a little bit of an issue with this scene just because it is extremely brutal and graphic and shows this dog attack and, um... This is, like, again, one of those bully breeds that people, like, have issues with. But, like, cane corsos in real life, like, yes, they are used as guard dogs. They are used for personal protection, blah, blah, blah. However, I, d I just don't like the idea of, like, this scene probably made some people afraid of dogs. Yeah. But if Ramsey came to your door, would you want your dog? Would you want your dog to eat him? I would want I wouldn't want it to eat him. I would want it to take him down. And control him. I would not want it to eat him. But yeah, his dog literally eats his face and they show it. Shall we talk about episode 10, The Winds of Winter? Yes! Oh my gosh, I forgot how good this episode is. This is the real, I said one-two punch before. This is the real one-two punch. Like the nine and ten of this season. Yeah. Really good. And it's... This was a good half a season, like all together. Solid. All was a good season. This is also the last episode nine and ten of the show. So I think that's where they fucked up. Was they stopped doing episodes nine and ten because but like I'm just saying like the episode nine was always either like an epic battle scene or like a really shocking death, and then ten kind of brought it all together. But the last couple seasons of the ten's been like a reveal too. They kind of like got rid of that format and just crammed it all in and made it like a lot less like rewarding when those things happen. Yeah. So we start this episode with Cersei's murder of everyone. <laughs> uh, they go to the Sept of Baylora, Loras joins a cult, and then, or sorry, not, yeah, Loras joins the cult. Lancel finds wildfire but has been stabbed. Oh, what about the murder children? You have uh, any thoughts on the murder children? Love the murder children. I mean, what? It's so right? weird. Why is Kyburn getting children, not only children to like do his dirty work, but children to murder for him? Like what, Kyburn? Uh, so yeah, that's weird. I don't know. It's just so great. Like everything about these scenes, like not great. Like I like the murdered children, but like I just love how creepy everything about these scenes are and how it's like all very planned out and very perfectly timed and like very unexpected. Like, unexpected to the characters, you know? Yeah, and the first time you see it, you're, like, you're realizing along with uh, Lancel what's going on with the wildfire being under the sept, and, like, you don't know for sure what's gonna happen. Like, is it going to blow up, or is he going to save the sept of Baylor? And he's, like, crawling across the floor, and it takes, like, 20 minutes of the episode for him to get there. Not really, but, like, it cut between, like, multiple different other things, and he, like, finally gets over there. And he doesn't have enough breath because he's been stabbed to blow the candle out. It, like, sputters and then lights everything on fire. Yes. And the music that accompanies this is incredible. Yes. It's just perfect for this scene. Yes. There's, like, a lot of suspense, like, trying to, as they're trying to, like, reveal the wildfire. And, like, you're hoping that he can put it out in time. Even though you hate that character, you're just like, fucking save everyone. And then he doesn't, and yeah, the music definitely, like, brings you through that journey. And then nobody listens to Marjorie. That's the only thing I'm sad about with this, because I don't really care about anyone else, but, like, I like Marjorie. I wish she, she lived longer. And she kind of, like, at the end was just, like, if Cersei's not here, 
shit's about to go down. We need to get the fuck out. And nobody's listening to her. And then she was right. Yeah. Well, and, like, the death of Marjorie in, like, this mass murder bombing situation um, is just, like, I don't know. You almost just expect somebody that important in this show to, like, have a different sort of death scene. It's true. Which, like, of course, that's part of what they do. They're always giving you the unexpected. You never know when anybody can die. Um, but yeah, this one felt like sort of like we were cheated out of either cheated out of more Marjorie or out of Marjorie having an epic death. But not that it wasn't epic. It was just like along with everyone else. Yeah. But it was Cersei taking out all of her enemies. In one yeah. Pop. And of course, she also indirectly takes out her last child because he cannot handle this. And, like, doesn't seem to care. He doesn't, she doesn't seem to care because she's, like, already decided that she's the Mad Queen and, like, doesn't need Tommen. She also has decided that she knows all of her children are going to die because of this witch's curse, so she basically has written him off anyway. Um, the main problem I have with all of that is that after the Sept blows up, she, like, goes to talk to Kyburn and, like, doesn't even go to check on her kid, whose, like, beloved wife she just killed. Like, go check on him. Like, it didn't occur to her. She does give a shit about waterboarding the nun with wine. Oh, yeah, that's what she goes to do. She She's going to to winterboard the septa. Give her to the mountain for raping. Yeah, what is the mountain doing to her? Because it doesn't look like... And I don't think this show really would, like, shy away from making it look like he was raping her. But the way she's screaming is, like... I don't know. It's, it's a little unclear. I always assumed it was rape or torture or both. But, like, when they zoom out from it, like, and there's framed in the doorway, he's, like, standing at her side. One way or another, it's definitely fucked. Fucked up. All right. Should we go over? We haven't been here yet, Christine. Let's go to the Citadel. Citadel. First time there, Sam and Gilly made it to Old Town. Now, this is the obligatory epic fantasy library that every fantasy series has to have. Um, a pretty good one, though, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's in the top ten. Oh, yeah, like that when they come out onto the like balcony and do the whole panning up and down of the multiple levels of library. Pretty amazing. Um, although I am excited to see the A Court of Thorns and Roses library because that one's going to be even better, I think. Yes, me too. Um, yeah, Gilly's not allowed in because they're sexist. Um, and the Maesters are really behind on everything. They're just like, oh, the yeah, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch is Jorah Mormon. Oh, well, he died. Well, the Maester didn't send us a letter. Well, he died too. This guy seems like a dick. Oh, yeah, clearly a dick. Back up to the north. Yeah, so Davos confronts Melisandra. Finds out that she burns little girls. This yep. season was so great that I almost forgot she was a child murderer. I know. Like, I just wasn't thinking about that. I'm like, oh, she brought Jon Snow back. She's on the right side now. We like her. Then I was like, no, we don't. She She's burns still children. murdered a child. And she uh, has been, like, a bit different in this whole season. Like, she clearly is still kind of, even though she has done this, like, resurrection, she's sort of having this crisis of faith still. Like, before in previous seasons, like, what people would ask, like, confront her about things or ask her about things, she was, like, very weird and, like, cryptic and sure of herself. And in this season, she's, like, 
don't lose. I don't know. I don't have answers. <laughs> like, yeah, she's I just different. Do what the Lord tells so, me. So, like yeah. in that in that aspect, you're like, she's clearly changed quite a bit. So you could definitely like, it makes sense that we come around to like her a little bit more because like, I kind of don't get the sense that she would do that right now. Um, but she did do it still. No, so she did like, do it. We can't forget. And she that. doesn't really like say it was wrong. Like she still right. justifies it and says maybe she misinterpreted what she saw in the flames. But like, not that she regrets doing it or it's just generally bad to kill kids. Right. Yeah, so not ideal. Um, John banishes her. Don't really know. I guess it's maybe because she alived him. Because he, he definitely... I feel like he... I'm, it was a bit of a surprise that he wasn't like, yeah, that's... You should die for that. You know? Yeah. Yes, but, like, he wasn't there. He didn't know this kid. He was, wasn't, was like, a part of their kingdom. Like, I, I see how he was, like, this really isn't any of my concern, but I sure as hell don't want you on my council. Get the hell out. So yeah, after Melisandre is banished, we've got the little Jon Snow and Sansa scene where they're like, we gotta trust each other. And then they end it with some amazing chit-chat, which is, winter is here. Everyone's been waiting for it. Father always Listeners, again, if you didn't... Yes, Father has promised. Again, if you guys didn't listen or, like, watch this show while it was happening, like, starting from the first few seasons, like, you will never understand fully, like, some of the just, like, epicness of things being revealed after we'd been, like, literally, we'd been waiting for someone to say that for six years. It was always winter is coming. And they never, like, explicitly explain in this show that, like, the seasons last years, like, you figure it out because years have gone by. And, like, there's a part where they say, Bran, like, you were born in a long summer, so you've never seen the winter. But, like, it is, that's, like, something about this world that's very different from ours. Yeah. You know, besides just the existence of, like, magic and things. But, yeah, it's just interesting. I realized, like, in this episode, like, they never, like, explicitly say that. They, yeah, there's definitely been lines where, like, oh, I remember this winter lasted seven years. Like, they say stuff like that. But, yeah, they don't just, like, explain this is how seasons work here. Okay, and then we got the Varus mermaid moment. Varus mermaided his way to Dorne. Fuck the Dornish, but I love Grandma Highgarden and her black lace. She wants revenge. Yeah, she's like, we got a great proposal for you. And this is a good line from her and Varus, where she's like, this is what we're going to offer. Vengeance, justice. And then Varus steps out and he says, and fire and blood. Yes. Which, again... Words of House Targaryen. Hopefully y'all know that if you're here. If you don't, that's okay. We'll educate you. Fire and blood. Speaking of the Targaryens, we got a little Targaryen breakup scene. Danny breaks up with Dario. And then Tyrion and Danny have this really nice conversation after that. And D- she handifies him. He's hand of the queen. Do you think Tyrion is in love with Daenerys or do you think he just admires her and thinks she's wonderful? Because she's, like, a great queen and, like, a great person. I think that, and I think, like, there's this clear contrast. So, like, he's been in this exact role before, and um, his, you know, nobody, like, really respected him in that role or really wanted him in that role. Like, his dad, like, was resentful and, like, obviously his dad, like, passed that off to him, but also still was, like, mad at him about it somehow. Like, fuck you, dude. Um, But here Danny is, like, I respect you. I need your counsel like you're helpful and useful to me like you have value please be
be my hand. And um, it's just like this juxtaposition with the previous time that he was hand of the king. And now he's like this very respected person in this court versus being like somebody that everyone is like, why the fuck are you here? So I think he appreciates that about her um, because like she's recognizing, you know, everything he deserves to be recognized for. Yeah, I think you're right. And then one of my favorite scenes, which this is such a good episode. There's so oh, many good so scenes. Good. And we have to say, too, that they did some good foreshadowing for this with like in not even in just this season. They've talked about this for a while with like the old Nan stories of people pie. People pie. And we get people pie here. This is Arya's first murder back in Westeros. Again, travel really fast. Um, but yeah, she goes and uh, she feeds Walder Frey his children and then slices his throat. And it's great. Yes. And she so says, yo, great. I'm Arya. I'm the one killing you. So yeah, she's finally um, back to her list and she's in Westeros and she can actually do it now. And she's really good at killing now. Peter File. Uh, I don't even, like, care about this, but he has this gross, weird line of, like, where he finally admits out loud, the picture that I have in my head is of me on the Iron Throne and Sansa by my side. Fuck off. You're disgusting. Fuck off, Peter File. That's all. Um, then we get the King of the North. Are you kidding? You just skipped over Christine. Oh, I thought it happened in the opposite order. Okay. No. This is the R plus L equals J episode. This is why we kept Bran around for six seasons. Yes. So that he could show us R plus L equals J. Yes. We finally find out that Rhaegar Targaryen plus Lyanna Stark equals Jon Snow, a.k.a. Jon Targaryen, Snargarian, Jon Narginarg. Snarginarg. So he is not Ned Stark's son. He is the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna. Yes. Um, of course, this would. So this is the thing that's weird to me, because it's like almost the end of the episode. They make the scene very dramatic. Seems very important. Promise me, Ned. Promise me. Promise me, creators of the show, that you'll do something with this. Do something with it. Anyway, we, we were don't. still very happy at the time to, like, finally get this confirmed because everyone had been, you know, suspicious that this was the case for a long time. But, like, the books weren't coming out, so we also couldn't get confirmation from there. So we're like, the show's finally going to tell us. Yay! And then, it, it, like, it, they show the baby and then they zoom in yeah, on... they zoom in on his eyes. Yeah, the King of the North scene came before that because then they zoom in on his eyes... Maybe, I don't know. I think it was, like, spliced. Because then they zoom in Maybe on his it was eyes. Spliced, and yeah. then they back up and everyone's, the king in the north! The king in the north! And Danny is on her way to Westeros. Here she comes. There she goes. Yeah, she's on her way back to Westeros where um, Cersei is full Mad Queen and Jamie like, walks in on her being coronated, which is how he finds out that his kid died. Yeah. And she just doesn't seem to give a shit. She doesn't. And she's almost, like, looking at him like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah, and he kind of finds out what she did and fucks off. Yeah. Anyway, Danny's on her way. We got dragons. Big epic dragon scene at the very end. We got all the ships. Big epic ships. And I think, like, this was such a huge moment, too, when we were watching it because we've been waiting for Danny to go attack Westeros for six seasons. Yeah. And we've been waiting for our plus L equals J. So this was such a yeah. good episode. It really was. And I forgot, like how much good there was in season six. So like, yeah, it really sucks that they canceled the show right after this episode. 
No, I'm just kidding. I actually really <laughs> like season seven. Like looking back, like season seven set up a lot of things that never happened and that's annoying. And like the pacing was off, but like I remember the first time I watched it, just like really enjoying it. So I'm curious to see if I'll enjoy it this time. Because it was just, it was very, like, enjoyable season to watch. I think, too, to, like, a lesser extent, that there are probably things that I forgot that I liked about season eight because my, I hate the overall yeah. season eight so much that I just kind of lump it together. And I'm like, I think there were probably some good things, or I know there were some, like, good moments. So... Yeah, I think the first three episodes of season eight were pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm excited to revisit now that I've had time for my feelings to settle a little bit. Not ready. Anyway, that's our episode. So we got Kill Fuck Marys. All right. I got one that you're going to hate. Oh, fun. Randall Tarley, Kyburn, or Zombie Mountain? I hate all of them. Oh, God. Who do I kill? I guess I'll marry Zombie Mountain. Kill Kyburn and fuck Randall Tarley. Ugh, gross. What do you got? No, I didn't have any cause, good ones because there weren't a lot of new characters in these episodes there weren't really any so i had like the hounds guy i don't know his name like the uh spiritualist agnostic dude i had him grandma high garden okay <laughs> aka olena tyrell yes and the giant <laughs> okay i just made that up on the well... spot <laughs> scrolling my notes because i couldn't think of anything good I'm going to marry Grandma Highgarden, obviously. And then <laughs> fuck the giant and kill the other guy. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't think of anything. Okay, good. let me give you one more and then we'll we'll call it. I don't think this one's as good as my first one, but now that these people are all adults, Narg, Sansa, or Bran? Kill Bran. <laughs> fuck Bran. Uh, not fuck, like, fuck Bran, like, fuck him no i would fuck right. him i'm gonna fuck john snow and want to marry sam all right pretty much what i thought you would say okay christine i'm really excited to rewatch the last two seasons because i feel like i remember them the least like i haven't watched them over and over nearly as much as the rest of the show especially not season eight so listeners we are gonna Listen to, or we are gonna watch each of those seasons and recap them in one episode so up until now, we have been recapping half a season at a time. Because these two last two seasons are shorter, we're just going to do one episode of them each. We also would like to wrap this up before House of the Dragon comes out, because that's kind of why we wanted to rewatch it in the first place. Just get ourselves in yes. the mood for the new show. And it's happening so soon. House of the Dragon. Yes, August. It's like a month away. It's going to be less than that when this comes out, I think. (laughs) It's true. It's less than a month away, folks. Yeah. So, um, Christine, anything you want to plug? Not really. As always, I'm going to plug my band. It's at Chaos Pixie NYC. Um, Still very much a work in progress, but maybe it won't be by the time this comes out. It probably will. How about you? You can follow me on Instagram at low underscore Mazzy. That's L-O underscore M-A-Z-Z-Y. I'm also going to plug Athletic Brewing, non-alcoholic beer. I am drinking the Athletic Light tonight, and it is amazing. I didn't even used to think I liked light beer. Like, Justin's a Coors Light guy for sure. It's kind of, like, required in Colorado, but I'm, like, not that into it. 
But I really like this. Um, it's like a top favorite beer for me, and I never thought I would say that about any light beer. So it's really good. You guys want a discount code for that? Follow me on Instagram. I will post that on there occasionally. And you guys, of course, can also follow the pod. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore pod of the dragon. You can also find us on Facebook. You can find our store on Etsy. And please email us at pod of the dragon podcast. That's all one word pod of the dragon podcast at gmail.com. Yes, fight I know with it's us. long, but like I believe in you guys and I feel like it's kind of like not that hard to figure out. Yeah, fight with us. Tell us your theories about Game of Thrones. If you have any weird nicknames that you call the characters, like I call Peter Baelish, Peter File, stuff like that, we want to know. So shoot us an email. We would love to read it on the podcast. And uh, anything else, Christine? I think that's it. Until next time. All right, Christine. Until next time. Dreams didn't make us podcasters. Dragons did. Dracarys. Bye forever. Forever. <laughs> 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 <laughs>